Hello, Freedom Nation. It's Jeff here for another episode of the Freedom Nation podcast. And today on the show, I get to interview Braith Bamkin. Braith is from Australia. He started his career out in corporate and then moved into entrepreneurship and later into owning a large networking franchise. And through that process, he continued to redevelop and redevelop and reinvent himself to what he's doing now, which is speaking, training, and mentoring. And it's what he absolutely loves to do. So please make sure you stay tuned and we'll see you back here after the intro. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast. It's Jeff here. And today on our show, we're going to talk to Braith Bamkin. So Braith is down under in Australia. Some of our Australian friends that we've had on previous shows, he and I get to talk a little bit today. It's 6 a.m. his time, 4 p.m. my time, or 3 p.m. my time. Uh, but we're on different days at this point. So <laughs> Braith, how are you doing, my friend? I'm uh, good, Jeff, mate. It's great to be here. Isn't it amazing that we can do this in this day and age? It's you're, the coolest thing. Today, I'm today and we're yeah. still talking. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that I tell people when people talk about podcasting and I want to make this live. I want to make a living doing podcasting. Okay. You, you may or may not, but what I value out of this is I have friends literally on every continent around the yeah. world. I've interviewed people in China, on European continent, Australia. So I have friends everywhere, and I know any place I go on vacation, I'm going to have somebody there that I know that we can hang out. I know that you'll have a beer with somebody in Australia. Absolutely. <laughs> Very cool. Well, uh, why don't we kick off with your story? How did you get to where you are today? Oh, wow. You know, I, look, I started working in the 80s. I'm that old. So I remember hey, back in the don't 80s. Don't call that old. I've been, uh, I started the same way. Technology was really new. And I remember the fax machine. And I remember when fax machines first came into offices. Mm -hmm. And do you remember when the very first fax machines came in? They were that thermal printed paper. Oh, God, and yeah. They, and they took like a minute to sort of like print out one page. I mean, today... People would look at that and just laugh. You couldn't take that long. My, my favorite was when you got the multi-page one and it kept rolling up and then falling on the floor and you had them all rolling all over the floor. <laughs> so I started working a long time ago, but my very first boss said to me, if you want to be successful in business, you need to learn how to help people in their business because they're not going to want to help you unless you want to help them first. And mm. I remember at the time really not understanding that, but she mentored me over the next couple of years and it was an amazing experience. And I learned from that time that helping other people was really the way you got ahead in business. And I think yeah. that's been my special source. And I've worked in corporate and I spent many years in the telco industry. 
I worked at Nokia when it was super, super cool when those little small phones were coming in. And I talked about the fax machine for a, for a reason because through my life, I've seen this tr- progression of technology. And when those fax machines came in, I remember us saying we were going to change the world and we, the machines would do the work and we'd be kicking back by the beach. And then when I worked in telco, we were like, wow, this is really cutting edge. We'll, we're really going to work uh, less and have more fun. The machines will do everything. But as I've progressed through my career, we've got more and more technology. And guess what? We work more. We're working longer, we're working harder, and we're slaves to that technology. So I've had this career progression through that, through telco. Then I had a mattress store. I bought myself a mattress store. I owned that for many years. I got involved in a networking group. I became the executive director of that networking group, and I grew that really big. And then out of that, I started seeing that some entrepreneurs and some business people and some humans were, seemed to be more successful than others. And I kind of mm-hmm. started documenting that. And I went, what? Because I'm pretty, I hate to say it, I'm pretty lazy. If somebody else has done it, I'm, I'm not going to recreate it. I'm just going to copy what you did, right? Why not? There's a Texas expression that says, if you ain't stealing, you ain't working hard enough. So- <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I documented this stuff and I started seeing that there were behaviors and language frameworks that really successful people had consistently. Mm. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. And I started talking about this to the people that I knew and they were going, wow, this is really amazing. You've learned a lot of stuff. And people started inviting me on to their companies, to their to their leaders. And like I had never intended to be a keynote speaker and then it just started growing and mm. soon it became a business. So my keynote speaking business started to really take off. And then I'd had a personal injury and I wrote a book about coming back and I, I used breath work and laughter yoga to bring myself back from that. And that was actually a personal injury brought about by having a bad business partner relationship. So I, was, I had a Bell's palsy in the middle of Columbia and <laughs> Bell's palsy is in Columbia with oh, non-English speaking hospitals. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. that's a whole other story. But, but then my speaking stuff happened and I mentor people come to me. People wanted me to coach them, but I just didn't feel that was the right fit for me. So people have come to me over the years and now I have a sort of a mentorship business. So that's really cool. So that's my progression from the fax machine to technology. Yeah. And now technology truly serves me and I'm on a mission to have people have that same experience as well. Well, now let's talk a little bit about that because I, I think the current revolution that's happening with AI, I think yeah. maybe the one revolution that we have that makes us work a lot less personally at this point. What's your thoughts I, on that? Look, 100% agree if people use it the way it was intended because mm. I've observed that come through years over years, people haven't used it to serve them. They become a slave to it. I think AI could easily become a problem if people aren't using it the right way. If you use it the way it's intended, you're going to create space in your life. Mm -hmm. You're going to create time and you are going to create freedom in your life. And I know I use that word because I know that's your podcast, but you will create freedom in your life. So space is freedom, right? So Mm -hmm. if you use it the right way, you will be able to do tasks very quickly. And I use it all the time because I love it, but I'm very intentional about it Mm -hmm. i go in with a very clear this is what i'm looking to achieve this is the outcome i want and this is the time frame i'm willing to spend working on it and i'm also a good enough 
you know, is, is good enough type of guy. I'm not a perfection guy. I'm like, if it's 80% there, I'm okay with that. I can live with 80% yeah. because my 80% is probably better than most people's, many people's yeah. 100%. So, yeah, but we can spend our life getting that last 20%, but you know, the amount of time to get there is not, the investment's not worth it. So if you yeah. use AI to give you that freedom, then you do have freedom. But I'm noticing already my colleagues and some of my friends, they're, they're becoming slaves to AI, to AI and they don't ask it the right questions. Because it's all about in life and in business, your outcome is determined by the quality of questions you ask, right? So if you yep. don't ask it the right questions, you're going to get stuff that's not great. And then you'll spend a lot of time massaging it. Like you ask the right question up front, you frame it right, you're going to get the answer pretty much straight away. But most people just say, write me an email to a grumpy customer and you get, what does that mean? If you yeah. don't tell it exactly what you want, you won't get exactly what you need. And then you're going to spend all this time fixing it, right? Yeah. Well, I found one of the things, especially with ChatGPT, with what I do with Freedom Day, I mean, there's nothing earth-shatteringly new about what I do. A lot of these concepts are things that have been around for years. It's just I sequenced them a little bit differently, and I call them different things. And so what I had to do, I had probably a good solid two to three months of training ChatGPT to be able to speak my language and we have one chat. So I created one chat where everything related to Freedom Day is in. And it's Love probably, it. I would venture to say, it's probably 400,000 words at this point that are in Love that it. one chat. And then now all I have to do is because it understands, it, it understands my sequencing. It understands the language I use. Now all I have yeah. to do is say, hey, write me an SEO optimized article on blah, 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 blah. This is it. Boom. Bam. It comes out in five seconds and it's pretty much 90% there. All I have to do is go in and add some personal story to it and I'm ready to go. You've nailed it because you yeah. really, you're teaching it what you want and you're asking it the right questions and you're letting its prior learning give you the outcome. Most yeah. people just go in and start new chats and they don't. So you've just nailed it. So that's the way you get ChatGPT to serve you, right? Yeah, and that's what I'm experimenting with some of the other ones. Uh, I've kind of come across two or three others, and I'm starting to experiment with like Google Bard and, and a couple of the other ones. But I always fall back to ChatGPT. And I, I, I laugh because I'm like, I fall back. I've only been using it for six months. I mean, the thing's really only been public for about eight months now. I was yeah. an early adopter, but you know, I think yeah. I see that as the one place where we can. This is a technology promise that may actually help if you learn how to use it properly. Correct, hundred percent. And I'm the same as you, mate. I've tried other ones. I feel like I'm cheating on ChatGPT when I try other ones. But you know, I go back to it because it knows me and it knows what I want, and I've spent time investing in it. And I, I actually used an AI before ChatGPT exploded on another platform, and it was clunky. It was difficult, and just. ChatGPT just seems to be, it's where it's at the moment. I, I tell people it's my second wife. She tells me what to do. Yeah, she tells me what to do, and I actually listen to her. So. Oh, that'll get back. <laughs> no, I told that to my wife, actually. So. All right. Well, is there, um, I know you're doing a lot of this mentorship. I know you've been involved in BNI in Australia and growing that. Is there anything that you're kind of, working on future projects at this point? Yeah, I'm writing a really exciting book at the moment. I'm, nice. I'm so excited about it. 
So my new book is called Busting the Busy Myth, and it's all about how I've seen seriously busy people, like really, truly, because people use that word a lot, and it doesn't usually mean what it really means. But I've seen how really successful people have a lot going on, never use the word busy. Mm. And they never create this framework of busy around them. And I've seen people who seem to have a lot of stress and anxiety and challenges in their life. They use busy in two ways. They use it as a shield and they use it as a badge. So the shield is, I'm not organizing my life. My life is just chaos. So I'm using that as a way of deflecting whatever you want from me because I just can't, I'm just not dealing with what's going on. And the second one is the badge. And so people seem to feel they need to say, I'm so busy as like a badge of honor when really what happens when you use the word busy, you think about when you're, you said to your dad, let's go outside and play. And your dad said, no, I'm too busy. What does that make you feel? It makes you feel insignificant. Oh, my dad doesn't love me. My dad, I'm not important to my dad. But the reality is as adults, the word has the same effect because words have power. So when you say to somebody, I'm busy, you're immediately saying, well, you're not a priority in my life. And if you're not a priority in my life, the information that you bring to me is not worthwhile. So if you are an entrepreneur or a business owner or even somebody in the corporate world and you constantly say, I'm too busy, I'm busy on this, I don't have time, I'm busy, I'm crazy busy, I have too many meetings, I'm, all that stuff that we use, what do you do? You shut down opportunity because if people think you're so busy, there's no point in speaking to Jeff because he's too busy because he's been telling me the last two years, then business opportunities personal opportunities, family and fun and friend opportunities, they just start to dry up because it's very Pavlovian. Mm -hmm. You keep telling people you're busy. The takeout for us is let's not bother him because he's too busy. So we won't ask him to that picnic with all the friends on Sunday because we know he's too busy, right? So what, yeah. do you, what are you missing out on by using the busy badge? That's, and I'm really excited about it. I've gone back to the origins of the word, and that's, I've done a lot of research. It's fascinating and, you know, how it's evolved, particularly since the fax machine era, since the 80s is when we really started using that word in a different way. And I don't really remember business world in the 70s. I wasn't old enough, but, you know, apparently that kind of wasn't a thing that people were saying. Yeah, yeah and really since the 80s, it's become a bad. And in the last 10 years, it's really not just become the badge of honor, but it's also become a deflector shield. So mm -hmm. I'm really excited about it. And I've got a keynote that I'm working on with that as well that I'm looking to deliver because I think it's really about your mindset. It's really about how you show up in the world. And it's also about whether or not you're giving space to your life in the world. Because when you don't use that word, you're actually saying to yourself, I'm worthy of whatever opportunities are coming my way, but I'm also giving myself space and I'm not creating, because busy has an, a level of anxiety around it today, the words attached to anxiety. So people who are in the constant state of anxiety, they are often say busy. I've caught yeah. myself doing it. So it's, and it's a difficult word to remove from your lexicon because it's so ingrained in what we say. I mean, I, I, Use it as an experiment now. I ask people, hey, how are you? What's going on? How's business? They go, oh, I'm so busy. I go, I know what's going on with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I purposely did a, an exercise. So I do a, a keynote and I just, I'm launching a new, a new Udemy course on this. 
that I call procrastination for fun and profit. And I love it. The whole idea behind it is I've used this acronym for years called IDEA. So it's identify what needs to be done, delegate, eliminate, and automate the process. And anything that's left over after that is things that I absolutely need to do. And then I just, I basically create personal objectives and key results for that. And I've been using that for years because I used to use, you know, oh, what's going on? Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And I, I got to the point where I started saying, busy is not a strategy. You know, when I would meet people, so I purposely did this for an entire year when somebody would say, hey, what's going on with you right now? I tell you what, I'm having the best day I've ever had. Here's what's going on in my life. And didn't say busy for an entire year. And and it's now, it's pretty much out of my lexicon. I just, I never say it anymore because of that. Mate, I'm proud of you. That is awesome. You're the kind of guy that I would hang out with because when you use that language, you, know, you want to hang out with people like you, right? Because yeah. you don't want to hang out with busy people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, do you know the book, The One Thing, the guys from... Yeah, Gary Keller. Yeah, so a lot of... Yeah, I'm, I, I love that book. I'm actually going to the conference um, later this year in Phoenix, so I'm really looking forward Brilliant. to that. But, well, those uh, guys are based I here in Austin. It. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. They, they, I, I can't wait to meet them. I kind of yeah. feel like I'm going to meet Rock. I used to uh, had some. I, I, I used to do some training, or I still do some training for people in the real estate business. And so I, I got to know Gary. I've been to several of his events and his partner and the guys that do their training. I've been to yeah. several events when I moved here to Austin. So yeah, I, I love the approach. It's just like, get things done. Yeah. You know, just get it done. Get. I have a list or I, I have a form that I use that has roughly 15 tasks that need to be completed or key results that need to be completed each week. And then all I have to do is yeah. just take those and drop them down and do three of those a day. And I know I'm going to complete key, three key, you know, 15 key results a week. Job done, mate. Look, you're making yeah. your life. You're making your life simple and, yeah. and free. And that's kind of like the point of life, right? Life's not meant to be busy. <laughs> by, yeah. By my nature, I'm lazy. So the, the least that I can possibly work, the better. I had that badge of honor of, oh, I'm working 70-hour weeks and all this and wasn't accomplishing anything. And thank God for COVID because COVID made me slow down and realize there was actually a world outside of work. I found religion and said, no, I'm just not doing that. Uh, good on you. That's great. I mean, yeah. I love your journey and you're the kind of guy I'd like to hang out with because I love people who have that kind of framework. It's, it's a cool framework, but not everyone shares that because somehow some people seem to think that crazy is important, but it ain't. Yeah, no, it isn't. And it, crazy will kill you pretty quick and easy. So, Absolutely. I lost a friend to that who was crazy, busy all the time, and he dropped dead at 40 from a heart attack. What's the point? I mean, I, I want to drop dead like my grandmother did at 93. The woman oh, had been in the hospital five times in her life, four times to have four kids yeah. and one time when she died. Was there oh, for wow. all of two days. I mean, that's the life I want to live. So what a, what a fabulous woman she sounds like. Oh, yeah. She was she had outlived every one of her friends and was already starting to hang out with their kids. By the time she hit 90. So, yeah, it was like she just hung out with the younger crowd that was all in their 70s at that point. Uh, she sounds like a really cool lady. She was awesome. She was awesome. We did a surprise party for her 90th birthday, which was probably not a good thing to do with a 90-year-old. But 
she had, she had a hell of a good time, and, and it was like she was the queen, and everybody came to her. So, <laughs> I love it. That's fun. <laughs> well, cool. Well, let's transition to the fast five questions now. Ready? <laughs> yes, I am ready. All right. So we're here. We go. First question. You wake up in the morning. Business is totally gone. You have a laptop computer, five hundred American dollars in your pocket. Uh, a place to live, food and clothing. What are you doing first? I am picking up the phone to my business mentor, my, my life and business mentor, and I'm going to have a chat to her, and we're going to workshop the next steps because you don't have to – if you've got a great network and you've got people that love you and care about you, you've got always got a way out. Yep. Awesome. What is the biggest business mistake you've ever made? <laughs> <laughs> I hope this person's not listening. Um, having a business partner. I, <laughs> it wasn't that this person wasn't a good person, but we were on different trajectories in our business life. That person was wanting to head towards retirement and I was wanting to grow. And we were using the business with very different trajectories and it became very obvious after a time those trajectories had moved so far apart that we were we we're in different places so that was a very painful and expensive way to extricate somebody out of a business by but by realizing that but if i hadn't have learned that lesson then i probably wouldn't be where i am now it was a tough expensive painful lesson but it was a, a, a good lesson because now I know that I am able to do stuff by myself and I'm, I'm awesome. And yeah, I deserve the business. I deserve to be in business for myself. Well, I'm, I'm the same as you. So I had, I've had probably six business partners and I'm right. I'm about a month away from exercising the last one from my life here pretty quick. And, and I, it'll just be my wife. And I always say my wife's been my best business partner I've ever had because she hasn't screwed me. She's the only one that hasn't screwed me over in one way or another during that time period. Right. So life is good. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, the people that I had in my life at times were there to help me get to where I'm at, but it always seems to end bad in the end. Otherwise it wouldn't end. I mean, basically at that point. So for sure. I mean, it works for some people, but more people have our viewpoint than not in my yeah. experience. I'm good with just figuring it out myself now. All right. What for is sure. a good book that you would recommend for our audience? Well, I talked about the one thing before, but I tell you one that I love. I mean, I love the one thing. I go back to that often, but one of my favorite books is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. I absolutely love that book. Do you know it? No, I'm not. This is a new one. So oh, cool. I love it. I love it. I was thinking, I wonder how many people have said this on his podcast. But The Slight <laughs> Edge Principle, is it's really the one percenters. Okay. The 1%, the little tiny things that you do today aren't going to have a massive impact on your life tomorrow, but incrementally over time, they do. So if I eat McDonald's every day for a week, I'm not really going to see much. To, I might feel a bit sluggish, but not that McDonald's is bad, but, you know, eating fast food, I don't want to, shouldn't have used the brand, but, you know, fast food every day for a week, not a problem, but you eat fast food every meal for three years, you're going to see a marked change in your life, right? It's, it's not going to end well. But if you conversely go to the gym tomorrow, you're not going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger the day after. But you hmm. do that every day for three years, you're going to see a marked change in your 
health and your physicality. So it's all the little one percenters. It's like compounding interest. The yeah. little tiny one percenters. And too often in business, I think we're always looking for the big thing to happen right now. But yeah. when you, I don't know about you, but when I look back on my business life, it's, it, they, I get to big points, but it's always the sum total of the little things. And I liken it to the actor who says, I was an overnight success or after 25 years of trying to get yeah. here type of thing. But yeah. they did all that work. You didn't see all that work. They were doing all sorts of big parts, commercials, whatever. And then they finally, they land the, the ultimate role and they get there. And so it's really about doing little things over time consistently to get a great result. And it's really helped me to understand that is the way to move the, the dial a little tiny bit every day. And I think you use, from what you were talking about before, you probably use a similar principle with your, yeah. your 15 things, little things every day, and ultimately you get to the big thing, right? Yep. Well, I mean, it's, it's one, three key results a day gets me to the objectives that I have for the quarter, for the annual, everything. And it's just those three key steps every day key results yep. every day. And, and But you have to identify the right key results in a lot of uh, those cases. Uh, I think my favorite was I, I was at a podcast convention and and John Lee Dumas is there, who's a, who's been a mentor of mine for years. The reason I podcast, the reason I'm an entrepreneur is because of John's show. And somebody asked him, well, what does it take to be a successful podcaster? What did you use to become successful? And John said, well, I got up every day for 2,000 days, and I did a podcast. I interviewed people. Yeah. And it's like, and I became successful at that point. But yeah. Was, you, yeah. <laughs> show up. It's the first step. You got to show up. My my friend, Mr. PN, says if you, you got to show up to blow up. So, yeah, I love yeah. it. Perfect. What is a tool that you use in your business every day that you might recommend? Oh, well, I'd love to say ChatGPT, but, you know, I do that every day. But hmm. the last couple of months, I've been using a really cool tool that I love, love, and it's really rocked my world. And I really encourage anybody who is in sales or personal relationship businesses to really look into this because I'm a judge on the Australian Marketing Institute Awards, and I've just finished that. And the hottest trend in marketing at the moment is personalization, like personalizing yeah. marketing really like it's hot. Like it's, and we can do it with technology. But what I use is this thing called SendSpark. I love it, love it, love it. It's a, it's a Chrome extension. And I think it's like 20 bucks a month or something. And effectively what it does is that you talk, you drop down from the Chrome menu, the uh, icon, it pops up with a little window and you record your emails. So I don't write hardly any emails anymore. I record emails. But what it does is it's super cool because it drops into your email as like a little talking head picture of you. So people know when they get it, they're not getting a URL link, which I wouldn't personally open because it could, could send me an email. There's a URL. I'm like, but that doesn't look good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to junk that. But Jeff sure. sends me an email. When I see his face talking in that video, I'm going to go, well, I know Jeff's talking to me, so I'll click on that. So I will do 90-second, two-minute videos to communicate to people, and I might put some other stuff underneath that email, but it's reducing the amount of time I spend on email, but mm. it's also getting a massive return rate because people love it, and they're highly engaged with it, and they think it's really cool. 
and it's easy to deal with. And if you're doing any reach out stuff, it's super cool. Internal stuff, it's really easy in, instead of seeing that big, long email because if the email is longer than my screen, you ain't getting me to read it, right? Yeah. So I'm opening that. So it's increasing my open rate. It's increasing my response rate. So I love that. That is awesome. Maybe in five years, everyone will be doing it and it won't be exciting anymore. But at the moment, I think that's really impactful. It sounds somewhat similar to like BombBomb and some of those that were out that were popular a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's similar to BombBomb. It's way cheaper. I think it's got more features. BombBomb's really great. I I had used BombBomb, but I like this even better. It's just simpler. It's just cheaper. It's just effective. I like it. I love it. I've never heard of it. So I got to do a little exploration. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, cool. Okay. Last question for you. What is your definition of freedom? I really love this about your show. For me, freedom is being able to, like we mentioned before we got on on the show, that I'm going to Dallas to a three-day retreat in Dallas, is being able to book that and decide that I can get up and go and know that my business is still going to be here when I get back. And no one will have died. The business will still be going and the cash Mm -hmm. flow will will be still happening. And being able to make those choices for me because that's something that's really important to me. That is total freedom that I get to do what I want, when I want. And I have people around me that will support me and my business while I'm doing the things that are really important to me. And I I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for that. That's a great speech to have on that. If somebody is interested in reaching out to you or learning a little bit more about you, what's the easiest way to find you? With a name like Braith Bamkin, I've got my own website. It's really easy to jump on. And braithbamkin.com, find me. You can find me on LinkedIn. There's buckets of free stuff on my website. So I jump on there. If you want to book me for a virtual conference in America, I love them. I'm getting a lot of these speaking gigs in America. I just find it so exciting that people invite me on in America to these virtual conferences. And and I love it. So yeah, just jump on there. You'll find all the details you need. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, Bray, thank you so much for waking up early and, and getting with us and sharing your knowledge and expertise. We appreciate having you on today. Jeff, it's been a pleasure, mate. I really enjoyed it. All right, mate. Well, folks, thank you very much. This is what we do these shows for, is to share people like Bray with you. We do these every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel and make sure that you uh, subscribe wherever you're at. We're on all the major podcast channels, as well as we run these, we put the best ofs on our YouTube channel with the video. So if you'd like to see it via video, jump over to our YouTube channel, which is Freedom Day with Jeff Kickle on YouTube. So thanks a lot. And we will see you guys back here the very next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.